What happens when you bring together two unconventional and experienced entrepreneurs that own competing agencies? They decide to challenge convention with creative collaboration. Join Veronica and Jillian to discover how two business owners that target the same audience created a podcast together. In each episode, they explore new ideas on how to collaborate offer practical and actionable advice on expanding business, and have a transparent conversation about entrepreneurship. This is Creative Collaboration, Conversations with Veronica and Jillian. Hello, and welcome to Episode 9 of Creative Collaboration, Conversations with Veronica and Jillian. I'm Jillian, and I'm here with my co-host, Veronica. Or maybe you're Hello. on this side. Are you on this side? Hi, Veronica. Yeah. I see you on this side. Yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Jillian. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing okay. I've got um, half a cup of coffee left. All things considered, pretty good. <laughs> so I finished my coffee. I switched to water. And uh, mm. I'm getting ready for today's topic because um, I must say it's a very important one for businesses. I can't say it's one of my favorite though, and um, probably mm. a lot of business owners struggle with these ones. So yeah. today we're going to talk about finance and more precisely about the price structure, about the tools, sales, and basically client retention, everything around the financial part of a business and how we approach mm -hmm. it. And I think it mm -hmm. should be a very interesting conversation considering that we do come from two different co continents, two different approaches. Yes. I'm very curious about, I, I had to adapt my way of pricing and working, moving from Romania to the Netherlands when I opened my business here. But mm. for you, I think mm. it was even more um, impactful because the yeah. U.S. taxation is different from the, the Dutch mm -hmm. one. Oh, sure. So, <laughs> yes. But before we, yeah. deep, uh, we dive deep into the topic, um, we do have always uh, a moment where we are sharing something fun. So what happened? Do you have anything to share for this week? Yeah, so my kind of check-in is um, is I'm super humbled and really excited about. So we, you know, just um, formally launched our podcast recently, and so the response um, is so meaningful because um, you know you and I have been working on this for quite some time, and now that we're able to share it and starting to get feedback from people is just really humbling. And so one particular. Uh, person, um, listener, has uh, a wonderful woman named Katiza, who has written to me and she has shared it with several other business owners. And some of those people have also reached out to me. And so I've started dialogue and whatnot. It's, um, it's really excellent. I super appreciate that. So kudos to Katiza. Um, and you. also, I've gotten some requests for new topics already. Um, and Amazing. to elaborate on, yeah, on other topics. So there was a request uh, to also elaborate on our kind of tactics and how we go about networking uh, specifically. Mm. So I feel like we maybe like skimmed over that and we maybe jumped further ahead, kind of the power of networking. So it's probably yes. a good idea to revisit and talk about like the foundational pieces of how to do it or how you go about it and how I go about it. So I'm adding that to the list of future topics and certainly want to invite anybody else uh, to suggest a topic that they would like us to chat about. So um, Thank that's you my for... kind of check-in, update, exciting, fun fact 
uh, extravaganza for today. Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Katika, Katish, Katia, Katiza, I believe. Katiza, I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yes, Katiza. Yes. We apologize yeah. if we do that. <laughs> yes. But, um, I, I did get good reactions as well, but not a request for a specific topic. So thank you for that. And I'm, I must yeah. say, I was not expecting this topic <laughs> to be to be asked for, but it's one of my favorite topics. And I do have uh, some ideas how we can make it even more interesting mm -hmm. and provide more values uh, to our audience. So definitely we'll, uh, should be... Uh, should, we should record that quite quite quickly, quite uh, soon, and uh, share it. Yeah, yeah, I added it to our list, so that's uh, stay tuned. That'll be a future episode coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, finance. <laughs> Where yeah. should we start? <laughs> so, so didn't we start? I think we touched on this way back when at our first. Well, our only coffee conversation, really, at this point in person, <laughs> right? Um, so, but first, because we're going to have a second. Um, so I think we began to touch on this lightly. Um, and I know we've kind of picked at it here and there and just conversations since then. Um, so I'm really quite eager to chat with you and compare notes about this and just, you know, how, I guess, how you think of it. Um, because, uh, let's see, so I guess to me... I think, all right, so the finance piece overall, that's, that's a beast. Um, and so there are a lot of different kind of components of that. But I feel like for this conversation, if we can focus a bit more on like, yeah, how we're structuring kind of our pricing, not necessarily what our pricing is, but how we structure it and is how, you know, how and why we structure our pricing the way we do and uh, how that interacts with the client experience or client retention. Um, and then, yeah, any tools or sales techni techniques and whatnot. Um, so, it's yeah, I feel like, great. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us what you got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I, think, I think it's also what we need you to, and what I want to advise everyone to take into account when, when it comes to finance is what uh, was the, the value market of your service? What do your... Mm, um, mm. So I'm not the one that goes and say uh see what your competitors are doing and copy or mm. do it differently as as you know and as we showed in every episode of this podcast <laughs> basically yep, the, yep, what yep. we are doing here right. but that doesn't mean you you shouldn't be aware what are the prices on the market and mm -hmm. i think for us as marketeers especially in the netherlands um the market is so different because you do have the high and agencies that are charging a very, very high amount. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily because they are delivering better services than the smaller ones, just because they have a brand and this is how it goes, right? You buy a dress mm -hmm. from H&M or from, uh, from Louis Vuitton, even if it's the same, right? <laughs> it's right. a big difference, right? Uh, that being said, it's not that they are not delivering a good job, the, the big agencies, but I'm just right. making a very extreme depreciation here so people yeah, get yeah. it exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have the freelancers and especially a lot of the expat spouse um, that they are starting their own company or they were expat spouse and became immigrants like kind of our situation yeah. kind of. <laughs> yes but, um, what they do they don't really necessarily need the money or not a big amount or they just want to re-enter the market so what they do they offer um, a very very low price 
And then you start having an issue in the market because you have good value for a very low price. Mm. And then you have good value as well, higher value for an extremely high price. So mm. where should you be, you know? And yeah. I think may maybe we should start with this and then we discuss about the price structure because that's about the positioning of your company, right? And the positioning of your company and the audience you're targeting influence the, the financial side. Yeah, geez. I'm going into like, a different ah, direction, right? A little, a little bit because, yeah, no, a, a little bit, but I feel like, hold on, hold on. I have so many things I want to say. It's like, where do I even start? Because, so, okay, here I go. Pick a thread and go with it. So here's the thread I pulled. Um, so yes, it's so much about your company positioning and all of those things. And also when you mentioned about kind of looking at you know, um, educating ourselves about what our yeah. competitors are doing. Those are super valid statements and definitely great, great suggestions. Um, and then also this idea of um, some, you know, companies or entities or individuals kind of lowballing things um, and how that can skew things um, and whatnot. So as you were talking, the first thing that came to mind for me is back when I was tr first trying to figure out this pricing idea when I was uh, first growing my 1.0 version of my agency. I'm decided this is my 2.0. So my 1.0, <laughs> um, I remember when I was first learning it, I was at the time looking, we were doing some more website related work, um, which we used to do a lot more of. And now I have a, a better solution than that uh, to dealing with websites, which we'll talk about later. Uh, it's called collaborating. But anyway, uh, you may have heard of it. Um, anyhow, okay. So one of the things I noticed or learned pretty quickly in terms of websites, and it was a little puzzling for me at the time is, wow, you can get a website for $500 um, US market and you can get one for 50,000. And so when I started looking sure. at that, you can find examples all over the map. So then I kept mm -hmm. thinking about, okay, so how are we pricing? And um, so kind of going through that iteration. And then I looked at things like, are we getting, um, you know, what is it that we're delivering? Are we delivering results? Are we delivering experience? Are we delivering training? Are we delivering just value across the board and value as determined by who? Um, so these are like all That's the questions point. that yeah. I, yeah, that I grappled with. And so ultimately what I decided to do early on, um, because I felt, feel like it was one of those things when you just the analogy or it's a, a euphemism, I guess, when I just fell into a bucket, it was like, Ooh, look at what I did because I wasn't really sure. So to give myself some time to figure out, figure things out, I started on retainer model very early on uh, working with clients. And my thought was, as we're working on something, if we need to add something else, I'm like, it takes so much time to create a proposal in the first place. I don't want to have to go back and do a change order like, Oh, it's going to be an extra 45 minutes or it's going to be two more whatever's or this, or we actually did eight posts instead of one, or it just felt very petty. And so for me, I thought, well, why don't we just create a fixed line item that way for the client, they have one line in their budget. That's it. That's what it is. They know what to expect and that's it. And then for me, I know what I can plan on moving forward. So this, that's why we started on retainer model from the beginning and it would often allow us, and this is what I would articulate to clients, 
um, that it would allow us to front load work in the beginning. So we could work on a bunch of things concurrently, um, mm -hmm. even though in month one or in Q1 or something, we might, I would say, scrape my knuckles. Like we might be borderline, maybe not in the black or borderline kind of a little mm -hmm. bit of red showing through, um, but I could then make up for it later. And so to me, it was just always a more efficient way to work on things. So we could, because so many components or facets of a business are related to each other. So that way yeah. we could do, you know, one, you know, interview and create a lot of different pieces from that one, as opposed to doing one at a time. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we started working on retainer model straight away. Um, and then I didn't know it at the time that that was like, you know, by many people considered to be like the holy grail of setting up your, your business. So it was like recurring. Um, and so that was a pretty nice situation to be in. And then I maintained the clients for, for many years. Um, it's like uh, a roughly three years on average. Um, so anyway, so that's how I, that's my thought about, um, yeah, trying to figure out the, the 500 to $50,000 websites and how to account for the variety of pricing and all of these things. And then coming back to what would be most effective to a client? Like, do they want to be dealing with all these change orders all the time and feel like they're being nickeled and dimed or we'll just settle on a price and then we'll work to that, that number as we move forward. So that's what I did. I, I, I kind of did the same, but they were, as you say, point oh, they were several versions Ooh. of it because the initial product that I had, the service that I was offering was marketing strategy. So you are getting the strategy and that's a fixed price. And of course the price grew because I learned more and I got more confident mm -hmm. and I saw people actually like it and they are happy with it. So that was, I'm doing it for you. And, um, but what I noticed actually after the first year of just doing the strategy, uh, not even a full year, I think half, half a year into it, everybody loved it, but they start having difficulties implementing it. So always a, yep. a new part of my business was, was built at that point and that was implementation. So we create it and mm. you either implement mm -hmm. it with your team or we can come and work with your team or take over and implement depending on the size of the, of the company, because the media, small to medium ones, usually they have a, a person in charge of the marketing, even mm -hmm. if it's not a proper marketeer, but keeps the connections with shareholders mm -hmm. or you, you know how it is. So depending on, on how big that company is and their budget, well, I kind of did the same and was uh, a fixed a fixed price per month. And we still do that, a fixed price per month. Mm -hmm. And then we do have, um, we define the scope of the project, basically. What needs to be achieved in that month? And of course, some mm -hmm. months are crazier. Some months are a little bit lower. You do need to find the flow. You do need to find how it works. And it's... Yeah, yeah. <sighs> It's, it's not necessarily per month balance, but overall is balanced. And I do believe in mm. providing value, actually. Um, we mm -hmm. always, this is actually a disadvantage for my company, but an advantage at the same time, because we are always doing a little bit more. So yeah. that affects your, your, <laughs> your income, but also keeps yeah. the clients happy. So overall, they will stay longer with you. So yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's an investment and it's something that is, dear to our value so we're always gonna do that mm -hmm. uh, so i did have the same approach and and uh instinctively you just go for that i do want to work with this client more because the more you work with the client 
the the better service you can provide because marketing is not like i'm just gonna do one thing and it's done you do need to experiment you do need to try different things and there are so many factors external factors that we can't control like the economic situation the political what is social right that they have Mm -hmm. a direct impact on every single business so it's not like it doesn't matter what industry what country you are like this is the reality so you can't say, I'm just going to do this, implement it, and just forget about it because it just doesn't work like that. And this is why yeah, I love the, marketing, the, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's not one and done. It's not just no. put some lipstick on it. It's not that. It's a continual process of testing, building, iterating, you know, exactly. testing again, looking at the data, et cetera. Um, so it lends you- itself to, to building long-term relationships. It just does, I think. Exactly. And when we have an implementation contract set up with the client, I'm saying we're not going to do it for less than three months because it's impossible. You, yeah, in three months, you are just getting, you yeah, start yeah. understanding and trying and, and failing if you want, even if I'm not a big mm. fan, but you see what is mm. working and what is not working. So, uh, mm. yeah, you do have the, the, I do, I still, we do still have the, just creating the strategy. But if I really look back, I think I had only at the beginning one client doing only the strategy and not implementation or anything mm-hmm. else or their project based mm-hmm. clients. But we do have the same yeah. approach actually when, when it comes to that to just retain. So have them. you done so have you done so I was gonna ask, although you kind of just answered, um, so it sounds like you have you know, the fixed price per month is like a retainer model. So it sounds like yeah. you have that in place. Um, and then two other kind of structures would be like a project fee. So I'm going to mm-hmm. deliver X, Y, and Z for X, for A, B, and C or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, also an hourly. So I know some people do, they'll say, oh, it's, I have a monthly retainer. It's, um, you know, 20 hours at a hundred an hour or something like that. So it's um, a retainer, but it's still <laughs> hourly. Um, so have you, do you work with an hourly rate for yourself or do you use that or have you, or what, I guess I'm curious what you think about that. I do have an, I do work. Um, so how we do, I create a team for each project and, uh, mm-hmm. depending uh, each freelancer or collaborator has a, a different, uh, experience. So of course that influence the, yep. the, 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 uh, hourly rate or, Usually they do work on hourly rate. So I do take into account when, when I'm making uh, the offer or creating the, the proposal. Yep. Okay, so this is what it needs to be done. These are the people. I, we discuss like what's an average number of hours that you need. Yeah. <clears throat> because of course, one month will be, as you said, at the beginning, it's always going to be more work. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. That's a given. Uh, and then if you the idea is to to manage to get to that balance right to to just get to a normal medium one when yeah yeah it's it's, uh you automate you understand better so you spend less time on different things so we do keep in mind uh an average number of hours because otherwise you can't really (laughs) put an amount to it and then each uh each uh, uh collaborator has a specific hourly rate that we take into account yeah yeah. But I never yeah. go and I never sign like, these are the amount of hours, this is the, the retainer. Yeah. So we do it, it yeah. it's a project base. But when yeah. we calculate the, the monthly uh, retainer, actually, we do take into account the um, 
hourly rate and amount of hours. Yeah. How about you? Um, so hold on. And so do you include, <clears throat> do you include your own, like, how do you account for your time um, or your, your work or your time? It could be either um, in a client contract. So let's just say there's a contract that's using round numbers for a thousand. Um, mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, your team is going to be 500 for the expense of your team doing their thing. So there's 500, like, do you also factor in your own time? I do factor my own time. Well? Like yeah, your own internal, like, you know, yes. your own internal rate kind of thing, like for yourself yeah. personally and like calculate that so that. And so let me ask this, because this is a curious thing about the difference mm -hmm. in uh, at least how I understand and how I see it coming from the U.S., the U.S., where I had an S-Corp to here, where they don't recognize in the Netherlands, they don't recognize an S-Corp. So then had to go through that whole uh, adventure. And so I was told to start off with a Zay Pay and la, la, la. So, yeah. um, so my question is... Um, so going back to that same example, so let's just say it was a thousand and five hundred was going to pay your team. Would that other five hundred go to you personally, or do you some of that you keep in for your company? It's like you do keep. You know what I mean. You need to consider. You need to consider. You have so many other costs. So a project, you have the the people yeah, that sure, you are sure, paying, sure. but you have the business yeah. administration. Cool. But you also have Fine. the the marketing, the sales budget. So you need sure, to, sure, to sure. take all of this into account, and it's not. So you have very simple projects when you are just starting. Like, for example, if, if we have a Zezepair and you're working mm -hmm. with someone, how much you want, we do it 50-50 and that's done. But honestly, I don't think that's a realistic way of doing it because uh, as a business owner, you do have to pay admin costs, sales, marketing yeah. costs. So that's yeah. one part that yeah. you should take out or allocate it to the budget. However, you in our yeah, example, yeah. we have 1,000. Like, let's say how much... 200 euros from this are going for that. Uh, sure. Then the the team costs 500. Uh, let's say what's my number of hours in play th that I'm involved in this project and let's say will be 200, uh, yeah. a budget of 200 for that. So uh, that means 100 euros will be the revenue of the company in that case. So it depends. Okay. There are two situations, one in which I will be working actively on the project and actually yeah. if I'm I'm doing that with each client at this point. <laughs> Thinking back, yeah, yeah, you can't really stay, not be involved. And one is uh, the company. So depends how you treat yourself. Am I actually like uh, act as part of the team, or am I just the umbrella, the company that the business it, owner, the business yeah. owner? So I think this is yeah. when when you are calculating, you need to see what's my involvement in this. Am I just acting as as a quality insurance if you want to call it like that i'm making sure everything is delivered properly we are fitting our company culture values uh respecting yeah. what is needed and you act more like a pm if you want or yeah, are yeah. you actively contributing to the project are you creating the, the strategy missing yeah, exactly yeah. yeah and i think no, that's two different point. things yeah yeah no it's a good point i i yeah and so I'm accustomed to what we call COGS in the U.S. as a cost of goods sold. So it's all the things that you were talking about. So the cost of what you need to do. So all the overhead, all of those things. And so yep. in the U.S., I, you know, I aim for 50% cost of goods sold. Um, and so that's really 
where I hovered around for all those years. So I knew kind of where the thresholds were and whatnot, um, because it was a different corporate structure and set up and all of those things. So it's been, and I was an employee of my company in the S Corp, et cetera. Um, so it's been part of the, uh, it's painful too hard, uh, challenging. <laughs> it's been part of the challenge in sunsetting my company in the US and then setting up here in the Netherlands is, you know, all the tax stuff, which I can't even go into at the moment. The tax situation is a, a uh, is a situation with the U.S. But in any case, um, so I'm trying to figure out what are positive metrics I like to use as kind of guideposts as I'm rebuilding my company here. Uh, so I was just curious kind of how you approach that. Um, so it's always similar to what I did before. Um, just honestly, I don't know how others are doing it. This is how I'm doing it. And I'm, I will launch, uh, I'm very curious if others are keeping this structure. And I think it kind of depends mm-hmm. on your expertise and, and like, are you acting as a business owner or a freelancer? Because yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure there are a lot of freelancers that are, and especially in IT that actually I know for a fact, they are just charging an hourly rate and they don't really consider anything else. And right, you right. know, when. I think that's another topic. <laughs> I think we can go in yeah. so many directions because it kind of depends on the work you are doing and how you see yourself. Because there are a lot of uh, of zezepers, like freelancers. They are acting more like employees. Yeah, at, yeah. At least in the Netherlands, actually, it's everywhere, especially in the IT or specific like designers or uh, software developers or uh, uh, app. Uh, coders you know so they will be higher than this is the trend at this point bigger companies are higher than for a specific project so it's a fixed amount right. of time with a fixed amount of hours and a fixed uh, amount of uh, uh, money per hour so yeah. it's basically like you are an employee for a particular right. but but you're right. paying your taxes separately so right that's one thing and I feel actually a lot of people are approaching business like that uh, and that's fine mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not fine because if it works for you it works for you however when you mm-hmm. you we do have agencies so that means I have responsibilities for other people yeah and I have a right. responsibility for a client where I can't deliver everything by myself because I'm lacking experience or even if I have it I don't have the time or I know somebody else is better yeah. than me to do that particular right. task and right. honestly, sometimes it's, you, you end up being earning more money if you are delegating or getting someone right. because right. they are better at that task. So they will spend right. less time and then the cost goes down right. and doesn't, right. that doesn't actually affect the quality. Right. But this is actually a business mentality. How do you see it? Where do you want to be? Yeah. And yeah. honestly, the more I work, I don't want to give my creative work away because this is what I love and this is what I'm good at. But what I'm seeing, the yeah. more the company goes, you need to be more involved into building the relationship with your clients, still being creative on the project, but also bringing new clients. So that means your mm. time, it's it's getting smaller and smaller, the time that you have to, to actively work on specific things. So that means mm-hmm. also you need to allocate time in finding the right people for the team that will deliver. Yeah, and you know yeah. it's, it's it's a circle, yeah. it's a vicious circle. And yeah. I think the difference <laughs> when you when when your pricing is, are you a freelancer or are you a company? Because the right. pricing dif- and the price structure differs depending on that. Yeah, no, because absolutely. when when you are a company, I do have a VA. She's actually not producing anything, uh, in terms of projects 
but without her, I wouldn't be able to do my work because she's helping yeah. me tremendously on other things. So she's so a cost, but actually cost. she's an asset. Yeah. Exactly. But she's right. an asset because it's without a support. her, I can't. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Interesting. Like the podcast we are doing, this is a cost for us, actually. Mm. But long term yeah, yeah. is also good for us because we it's branding for us, right? We yeah, are sharing our expertise. Yeah. So how yeah, do you yeah. put this one in your cost? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so, okay, the hourly piece. Yeah, I'm glad because I, I always felt, um, yeah, so I, I don't, I've never invoiced by the hour. I've never done that. Um, it's been suggested before, Me but neither. I never, <laughs> I just never. Um, and it always reminded me, actually one time years ago, I had somebody ask me um, if I would, you know, put out some, you know, share the word about their new business, right? And put out a couple of posts on social media and just share it with my network. And he asked how much would I charge for that? And I was like, how? I'm like, how deep are your pockets? It's going to cost you. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you mean? How long does it take you to write one of those things on, on the on the social media thing? And mm-hmm. I said, oh, that'll just take me a few minutes. I said, but you're missing the point. Ask me how long it took me to build all of those relationships. Exactly. It's a long time. So that was for me when I was like, wait a minute, why would I ever charge for just the hour for something? Because so anyway, it's tricky. That's not, but then yeah. like it's, but that's for also- my work, I don't, I don't charge by the hour, but for my team, I need to know their hourly exactly. rate so I can calculate the the cost yeah yeah we, we we do need something to to relate to because otherwise right. it's impossible to, to make the price but you made a very good point there and actually that brings me like are those clients that you want to work with because those type yeah. of people they will not actually value you they will not really mm. understand the value that you can bring because if they say mm. all you do you are just writing a post then go and yeah. write it yeah but sometimes people just don't know they just don't realize and so in that case they did become a client, but not to do the social media post. Instead, this is the funniest pivot ever. Instead, he was like, you're not going to believe this. Instead, he was like, Jillian, why don't you do a commercial for us instead? So they had a whole video <laughs> crew. And then I got to do, they wanted me. I thought I was going to produce the commercial. And he was like, no, 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 I want you in it. So there I am in this commercial for this giant uh, martial arts facility it was fabulous I should see if I can find the video it's so I do funny. want to see that yeah. you in a kimono yeah. just doing some uh... yeah <laughs> I yes, really want to do that yeah good stuff uh, but anyhow, yeah but that was that's the thing attempt. that's the thing and what I'm noticing I think we had an episode about this or if not we need to do one what is marketing actually I think we discussed about mm. marketing and sales but people yeah, yeah. don't really understand what's the purpose of marketing and what you're doing. And a lot of them are sure. expecting marketing, so you need to bring me clients. But it's not yeah. as direct as that. Mm. And it's, it's, it's like, how do you run a business? Marketing is an essential mm. part of, of your business because it's the way you are presenting yourself and you are doing everything. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know about you, but what I'm realizing, especially working with smaller clients, but I end up doing marketing, but also helping them on the business side. The structure yeah, of the business of course how, yeah, yeah. how do you do things and you can't really take one out, outside of the other and the more the more we work so the more work experience we get the more clients we have and we learn from their business and we take that out and we implement it the the richer our expertise is and the yeah the more valuable our advice is 
So how do you yeah. quantify that in a price? Yes, exactly. And it becomes more relevant. And that customization is like everything. It's like, so I want to say it like, imagine if you could hire yourself and your team to, to, as like, to work on your company. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever think about yeah. that? Like hire yourself, like, yes, you do your own work in your team, but you guys are largely focused on client deliverables, but imagine to be able to hire yourself for all the things it's like, wow, you know, it is, it is tricky when you start to go. It's like, I learned that is not a drawback to the retainer model, but um, something that the retainer model brought to the surface for me is a challenge that I had to learn to navigate, which is the longer I worked with a client, the, you know, as the years passed, the deeper I got into the organization. Um, and then we had a boundary issue that I learned in a painful way a little bit. Um, but like getting to the point where I knew way too much about the business and I, <laughs> Um, yeah, it got to be much too deep. And so that boundary became difficult because at the end of the day, it's their company. And yeah. so it's, um, but it, and it you are on external part. Yeah. 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 The external part. And so, um, I think I might have mentioned it's like, um, a recent, um, I feel like maybe the, the, the point I can look at and say, oh, that was the moment I learned it is when I found a solution to eject myself from a relationship like that, where I finally told the client, um, you know, I had been suggesting for quite a while that they might, it might be time for them to find another agency, I'd be happy to find one for them, and they did not go for that. And so I had to craft my pitch, and I came up with the perfect pitch, which was that um, I felt the time was it was it became time for to ship gears because they couldn't you know you can't really effectively outsource management and like leadership and accountability that those things should be internal in an organization and i told them instead of paying me to reallocate that money and to hire a business manager and then i would help craft the job description i would help with the interviews i would help with the selection process and the onboarding and lo and behold they finally listened. And so that whole process happened. And I deliberately handed my largest client at the time away because it was the right thing to do for them and for me. Um, but yeah, so it's that can happen. The more you work with somebody, you can get so deep and it's hard to eject and it, that boundary can be tricky. So that's just a little bit of caution. And maybe it's just my experience. And that's, um, yeah, that's what I, I, I think if definitely in your case what you described is you made the right decision because there's a difference between being there and helping you and supporting you with a specific part but when they see you actually you need to solve all my issues it becomes toxic actually and they yep. are the owners so they should be the the leaders and they should be the one dictating the strategy we are here to advise based right, on their right. inputs. So I never create a strategy. So my approach, as you know, is very human-centric and has to represent yep. the company culture and what they do. So that means my everything that I, I work has to be a process of co-creation. So I need to understand mm -hmm. where are you and where you're heading as a company. I can't tell you where to grow, how to grow your company if, you're, if it doesn't come to you because it will never happen. You are, mm -hmm. you as an owner are the one that came up with the solution or service or whatever the business is doing. 
and your values need to be implemented because you as a business owner are the face of the company, the one interacting with your clients. Yeah, right. When you're delivering, right? So if I'm doing that in your example, that will not be the real face of the company because it will be my values that I'm creating, not your values. So you as a business owner need to be incorporated there. Yeah. You need to dictate yeah. the direction. And based on that, we are creative and we're communicating and we are doing everything. But mm. where do you, like, always I'm asking them, where are you heading? That's uh, That was the goal. That's a very important thing because without that one, we can't really create something that makes sense. And that needs to come from the client. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I've had a lot of experience with that. I feel like I want to do sidebar and like go into that deeper to compare yeah. notes because yeah, my experiences, um, I feel like yes to all the things you said. And I want to say yes. And, um, but that's for another day um, or another conversation, but um, yeah. So to dial back to this, this piece here about the, yeah, the client, uh, client retention and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Any other thoughts about how you're structuring things or maybe what you're doing now, you, you know, you've evolved some, are you doing the same kind of approach now, like working with a team, all the stuff that we've talked about just becoming more fine-tuned. It becomes more fine-tuned. And I, I mentioned that we are restructuring and launching different things. Um, yeah, yeah. actually w what we are doing now, we are, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to, but as you said, like, I need to see myself as a client. So yeah. we, are in <laughs> we are in process of simplifying things because we realize we want to offer so much that it became overwhelming. So we do need to go back yeah. to the drawing board and say um, no to different things and to restructure them. So this is actually what we are doing at this point. And hopefully by October, we can communicate it to, to the entire world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we do have a couple of exciting things uh, brewing. So, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, the core didn't really change, but we did fine tune the approach and how we structure and um, things like that. I, I, I think I mentioned we, we did try to do like a subscription model where you come and you have uh, um, your your time but need, didn't really put a, a specific amount so you have access to us mm. unlimited and that is yep. becoming overwhelming <laughs> so yeah. that was my that was the mentality when i was starting and i was freelancing basically uh, mm -hmm. and then then you do need to to make this um i wouldn't say it's a mistake because i did learn from it but you do need to experiment and see what is what resonates with my client what what do they need what actually makes sense for for my business uh, mm -hmm. and what's the price that I can ask because if you're saying like the marketing body the service that we had where they had access to me uh, non-stop and the price uh, the first time no. I launched it was 250 euros per month that's nothing and I was now thinking about it it makes no sense yeah. and we increased it to yeah. 600 uh, but still yeah you would yeah. make there were clients that were calling you every day and then like this is not sustainable I'm actually losing yeah. money with this so I do need to put a stop. I do need to see what I'm doing. And I do need to be more clear on the the deliverables because it does sound good. Yeah. And I do want them to have access to me all the time, but what's the limit? Yeah, what's yeah the limit? exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I get but, that. But uh, yeah, I um, 
what I learned actually, what I did, because I, what I share now is because of my experience. At the beginning, I wasn't taking the the, the company cost into account, and the company yes. costs were lower actually because yes. you're just starting. What do you need? You need a computer and internet action, uh, right. access, right? Right. But the right. more you grow, uh, you need different tools, uh, different uh, subscriptions that help you make your work easier and more efficient. But those involve money. So all of those need to be reflected in the price yep. that you're asking for a client. So you're yep. learning and you're adding and you you put different things. And um, yep. one advice that I will give to everyone when they are making a proposal is um, don't focus on the price, actually. When you are working, focus on, on the, the quality. What are you delivering? What will mm. the client get out of that? The moment I start switching and not thinking about the price because I was like, I need to give a discount and I will. So the moment mm. I actually became more confident in my skills and what I'm doing, things mm. changed. Now I, um, like the, the last client we got, we sent the offer. We never discussed the, like the price or the discount or the, the entire conversation was about, okay, so how we do that? What are we getting? Mm. What's the approach? Mm -hmm. And this is mm -hmm. actually the type of conversations I want to have. The moment we, when we start discussing about price uh, discounts or price or... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then for me, it's like, okay, so let's understand. Is it a cash flow that the, the client needs to discuss or they don't understand the yeah. price and that's fine. We can work around it. Yeah. But if they yeah. are just hunting for a way to, to get a discount, you need to think, is that really my client? Because if we are starting like this and the entire yeah. period we are collaborating will be about money, I'm not sure that will be a good relationship. I'm not sure if our values align. You're making me now think, oh, should I be prepared for that? Is that business? Is that like um, kind of the business landscape here in Europe or in the Netherlands that clients ask for a discount because I haven't had that before. Now I'm like, oh shoot, do I have to be prepared for people mm -hmm. to ask for a discount? Some they will, some they not. I um I think mm -hmm. it depends also on your attitude and how you enter it. Now mm -hmm. I'm not entering the the discussion with that with that. I not necessarily. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the client. But okay. for me that's that's also um what's the word I'm looking for? A criteria basically selecting my yes clients. yes and yes. The, the hardest is actually do you want to I actually extend no at the beginning quite at the beginning of of my business uh to a client that sounded amazing but we were still negotiating uh like we agreed and in the moment i had to sign the contract everything in me was saying no and i i, I just mm -hmm. said no in the end because everything was a fight about the money and i was like this, mm. yeah. this doesn't feel no. good. If, right. if we are having this now, what will happen later on? Right, for sure. So I actually was interviewed on another podcast a few years back, um, and it's on this specific topic of, um, yeah, selling, like how to sell on a retainer and how, or at least how I sold on a retainer. Um, and it includes how, like the steps that I go through, how I go from prospect to onboarding a new client and mm -hmm. like some very simple, very transparent tools. Like I use Google docs and whatnot, but how I do my proposals and all of those things. Um, again, it's like things that I just did in the beginning when I was first starting 
um, trying to find the simplest path and being super transparent. And I didn't know that these were like, it wasn't deliberate to be like a super savvy sales technique. It was not, but it turns out it became quite effective. Um, so there's a whole podcast on the, it's a, an episode on the agents of change podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'll include we that link, the link. Yeah. <laughs> useful for somebody. Um, so what I've been working on in my, my like 2.0 version now is reconsidering um, basically every component of my business, right? Every facet. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the big ones. And so I'm looking at different ways of um, testing, different ways of, uh, yeah, invoicing and um, different ways of pricing things. And so I'm, I've been working, uh, just recently started testing the pay what you want, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of model um, to allow clients to be able to choose what the value actually was. Um, so they'll be like, very curious the, to see how that yeah, will go. Yeah, me too. Um, to be able to see where are we at? Because like, here's the, the way I've done it most recently was like, okay, so here's the agreed upon amount. Um, and then with the last invoice, it was, okay, here's the agreed upon amount. Here's mm-hmm. a lower amount. If you feel like, hmm it wasn't, it didn't meet the mark or here's a higher amount. If you feel like it was really over, like okay. over delivered. So I'm like trying to be, again, it's the idea of being super transparent and also seeing like, maybe it's being foolish or trusting clients or yeah, allowing clients to really show uh, or to validate the amount of yeah service that we provided or how we, how effective we were, et cetera. Um, so I'm testing that. I don't know if that's going to stick did, around. Did the client paid or not yet? I'm curious which which of the three options the client went for. Yeah, I should have looked at that, actually. That's a great question. Um, oh, you know what? I think I should know this. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think they paid the amount that was agreed upon. I think they did. Didn't they? Is that what they did? I'm pretty sure they did. Um, that was just this recent example. So I don't know. I kind again, of expect that this, from, from this market, honestly, or the lower That's what one. I'm going to, that's what I'm wondering no. about. Is it, uh, is that indicative? And so as part of the testing, is that indicative of the location, like the geographic location, the industry, the size company, is it like any of these things? So definitely um, we're going to have know, an influence. So, definitely we're going to have yeah. an influence. What yeah. I'm actually doing to help my clients and especially the ones that are quite at the beginning, I'm more flexible in terms of. Even if we agree the, about um, the amount, we are splitting the payments or doing it in a longer period. So that enables them to, to produce the money. So we are focusing first on, you need to make this money. So what do we need to change in your business to enable you to make the money? And mm. then we are we are doing the rest. And so we are switching sometimes the order depending on the client. Mm. Because yeah. again, my purpose is to grow with you, not to yeah. just get the money yeah. and leave yeah uh interesting so then we are switching or sometimes it's okay you're gonna pay less now because you're waiting for an investment or clients or things like that and you pay more at that period or sometimes you are actually pausing for i have a client now um and i know we managed to actually double the income and i know it will be fine and we're gonna work but we decided we're gonna take two months break until he's stabilizing the the financial side Mm -hmm. before moving forward Mm -hmm. And I do know the mm-hmm. clients are going to come. So this is why I do have clients that we work for a very long period. But sometimes we do take breaks because of their personal situation or what is happening in, in, yeah. in the life. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm not afraid to do that because yeah, I do I do see the value. Of course, there will be clients that you're never gonna work again because there's life. Mm-hmm. But the the majority, yeah. I would say eighty five percent, I know they are coming back. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I We've think, done that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, it, it's we are humans. We do need to connect and and understand where are we and how can we help each other. Because that, yeah. that's the whole thing, at least that's my philosophy. We are here to help you. Our mission is to enable yeah. you to follow your passion. So if I'm, that's my goal here, not to just go for the financial side. So I think I think yeah. discussing about the financial side, it's I see it as, as two sides and sometimes it's hard to reconcile this because one is the very yeah. pragmatic one. We are a business, we do need to make money. That's, right. that's why a business exists. But the other one is, I have a business that I want to work and represent my values and bring me joy. This is why I'm doing it. Otherwise, I'm going to go in and just get a job, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And how do you reconcile those? Because sometimes mm-hmm. it can be different, but you do need to get to, to that. Where do they merge? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I just wanted to say one thing quickly. You reminded me of... Um, it's kind of like a little bit of a hybrid model that has worked before as well. Um, so when you're talking about adjusting or sp- splitting up the cost over a period of time. So what we have also done, um, I would say successfully, I, I believe, is again, having clients with their baseline retainer. But then if they wanted, so there's an example, we did a, a website for a client a few years back, and I think it was like 8,000. Um, so 8,000. And so rather than invoice them like an eight, you know, send them an extra 8,000, um, we just like, okay, so why don't we just divide that up over six months? And so yeah. we've just added that on to their retainer. Yeah, that retainer kind of, so they were just accustomed to it. So then we did an add on. Um, yeah. So that worked well. Um, yeah. And then that helps because then the client, they're, they're get, I get used to an increased uh, line item in their budget <clears throat> and it's easier so it's, for them to pay that than to to just get correct. 8k out of their pocket yep. now yeah it's yeah. Uh, yeah. it depends and also what, what what a lot of clients don't understand because they say oh, i just split it but we do have our own yeah even if some are employees or not employees but we do have our responsibility to pay the bills towards our collaborators as well yes so yes you know, you do need to find that balance and we do need to pay our rent and our mortgages mm. and leave. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's a fine tune. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the time. I think this will be one of our longest episodes. <laughs> Imagine that, Veronica. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> I told you it would be fun. See? Numbers are fun. Yeah. Numbers are fun. Yes. Yeah. One advice that I would do give to every business owner. It doesn't matter if you're a freelancer or, or, or uh, have employees. You do need to have a good grasp on your numbers. So just be yes. very critical yes. how yes. much everything costs. Get an Excel or whatever works for you and just write down what it is. And I'm guilty that I'm sometimes behind with that <laughs> because let's yeah. be honest, it's not sexy. It's not the best part. You don't want to do that. There are some people that love it. It's not my favorite part. But you mm-hmm. do need to understand mm-hmm. it because then you know, what do I need to do? What was the next step? That Do I need to push sales? Do I need to stay and um, focus on my clients? Or sometimes we just need a break. Let's mm-hmm. be honest, we are humans. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. looking at the numbers, you, you see where you are and, 
at least for me, gives me a little bit of peace or actually tells me I need to speed it up or tells dictates my rhythm, actually. Yeah. It's a really interesting one. I love that you brought that up. That was one thing I would also recommend. Um, but I don't mean to open up another can, but I'll just ask, I'll just state this then and you can add if you want. Um, one surprising um, kind of, um, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Uh, situation uh, for me is I have, maybe it's just the clients that I have attracted or maybe it's the referrals that I've gotten. Um, it seems that a number of, I've had the challenge of a number of business owners not really being super interested in looking under the hood of their business mm -hmm. and really kind of digging into the data and the, the numbers that comprise their business. Um, and so <clears throat> I think it's yeah. part of my thought with doing this episode is to try to really, you know, I don't know if we can come up with the magic words, but to highly, highly encourage business owners, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. I mean, certainly you can outsource that and, or have a, a fractional CFO or some consultant that can help. But I think, it I think really, it's a difference. No, you need no to, to see the numbers, the business, the business owner, maybe they're not going to love it. Maybe they're not going to be the one that's, you know, getting their hands dirty with, you know, wrangling the data and such. But I feel like it's so critical for business owners to know the numbers and, yeah. and also probably good to have um, another party um, can be internal and or an external person to look at it and help strategize and, and point out blind spots and that kind of thing. Because the data is what tells us and knowing our numbers is so critical to be able to see because I can't tell you how many times it's like working with a client, you know, tell me about something like, oh, how, how, you know, how did that work? What were the results? Oh, it worked great. And then I ask, according to what? Is it like, Oh yeah, it no. worked great. Or is it like, oh, because two people told you it looks good, it worked great. Like, how do you know? Is yeah. there any data? So it's like the data and like the finance piece are very connected. And so it's like so critical um, yeah. to, to be able to know those and have resources in place to address those. Um, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just was going to float out there, we don't have to talk about it, but we can perhaps revisit it. I think um, we need another we talking, episode. <laughs> yeah, but just to throw it out there, this uh, um, so we had talked about ways to structure, um, you know, an hourly versus project versus kind of retainer model. We talked about value based. We talked about the pay what you want situation. I think there's also another way to couch the services and deliverables and the financial models is in in how your business is it like a B two B or a B two C situation, um, and I think there's some opportunities to explore either of those um, for every business. Um, so yeah. we could perhaps revisit that. Um, but yeah, the, my, I guess, final suggestion or is like my, um, what's top of mind for me and like the biggest challenge for me in this over the, the period of years I've been a business owner is always accounting for my own time. It's a yeah. tricky one. It's, um, it's pervasive. And we tend not to because, do it. We tend not to yeah, do it actually. Yeah, it's really hard. Especially at the beginning. All of a sudden, yeah, I'll be like, all of a sudden have this whole idea for a, a client and I'll go to my handy dandy whiteboard and draw it out, work on it for a little bit. And it was like, oh, that just happened. But I have to make a note like, okay, so that was be able to see what my time is mm -hmm. and what am I spending time on? So that's been, you know, I'm better when it's like scheduled and blocked and whatnot. So there have been different tactics to do this over time. Um, but for sure, that's been my, I would say, 
greatest challenge. Um, so I don't know, just speaking candidly. So I think we, we need another episode discussing on how we approach client work and how do we structure the work. And mm. then we can also tie into the, the pricing because they are connected, even if we like yeah. it or not. But, so like uh, client work, the pricing structure in like a, a day in the life, like how do we structure our days? Yeah. Interesting. Fair. Cool. Listeners, do you like that idea? Right. <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do. I think honestly, this is one of our longest and I feel we just crashed the surface and I could stay for another yeah. half a day discussing about it and sharing different things because you trigger different mm. other uh, ideas. But right. um I think we should we should um, pause it for the time being because otherwise Probably. the one we're gonna want to <laughs> to listen is too yes. long. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so thank you to everyone for listening, and I'm very curious how do you approach the financial side? Are you, um, as Julian said, actually I do experience a lot of people are afraid of the numbers, but the mm. idea is if you look at the numbers, you may be positively surprised so don't yeah. be don't don't choose ignorance that's the bottom right. line because... yeah don't choose ignorance that's that's going to be the topic i mean the title of this episode <laughs> don't choose ignorance sorry i um, love it it's good but if um if you know what is working and what is not working you can adapt it but if you right. don't know then you'll you'll be like a hamster on a, on on a wheel right you're just gonna go round right. and round and round and just do things that probably make you extremely unhappy and miserable mm -hmm. but you can't change any, anything until you don't know what you need to change and by looking at the numbers you know uh, okay I can focus on what I like or if this is what I don't like and I'm not really good at this I can actually externalize or bring people to help me and it can be right. as simple as just um, externalizing finance or uh, mm. just adding someone to do a task that takes you way too much time and you are cutting the cost in half. So yes, yes. There's, there are so many possibilities once that you actually know the data. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that Marvelous. said, anything else that you want to add before we say goodbye to our audience for now? No, I, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like it's a great conversation <laughs> and I appreciate the time and chatting with you and anybody else that happened to listen. Thank you. I hope it was helpful. Um, but yeah, no, great conversation. Thanks. Thank you. Till next time, everyone. Right. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Creative Collaboration, Conversations with Veronica and Jillian. We sincerely hope you have gained at least one new idea or perspective that can be applied to your business. If you need a different perspective or want to meet fellow entrepreneurs, join online networking with a spin. All info can be found at spinideas.nl. If you own a business and are looking for tools, resources, and inspiration to achieve equitable and sustainable growth, visit thejilliangroup.com slash better. Until next time.